welcome folks to another edition of RSF Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and this is the show where we talk about what's been going on in the week of our Street Fighter. Uh, today is January 11th, 2018, uh, and sorry if I'm like a little bit lethargic today. Um, I made a lunch mistake and went to Five Guys, uh, and then I learned at Five Guys today that they actually serve milkshakes now, and I, I cannot... That's a level of self-loathing that I just cannot understand. Why you would, why a single human being would want to go into a Five Guys restaurant, burgers and fries, order a burger, which they give you two patties on the burger. You've never been to a Five Guys, two patties, and like big patties, not like McDonald's like thin patties that they put on like the the Big Mac or the Whopper. Uh, big patties on your burger and the fries they fill a cup with fries a regular fry they fill a cup with fries and then they dump a whole other thing of like that same amount into the bag so you have to like eat your way to even get to the burger you have to eat through some fries to get to the meal that you actually ordered just for ordering fries and then i can't imagine after eating all of that which i can't even get all of that i just I heard the junior in a little Cajun style, of course, a fucking course. I can't imagine eating even that and then thinking to myself, you know, that fucked my shit up pretty good. But you know where I see myself in in another 10 minutes? Dead because I drank a milkshake on top of that. I'm sure they're delicious. I didn't try it. But the lady across the register was like... Would you like a milkshake? And she kind of had a look of her like, I have to ask, but I I can see you respect yourself. And I said, no, I'm at five guys. I wonder what the presser was like for releasing of the milkshake. Were they like, five guys now announcing our milkshake. We understand that 2017 was a rough year for a lot of people, but we really wanted to dig into that and say, how dark can we make things in 2018? Now introducing Five Guys Milkshake. Oh, if you don't hear from me next Thursday, it's because I ordered one. You can mark your calendar, folks, for next week. If I don't write back in the next week, you know I ordered that milkshake. They probably only have three. Five. Anyway, let's get into let's get into the threads because there's actually a lot of news this week. Won't waste any more time on that. Uh, kind of a buttload of stuff happened. First and foremost, pour one out for SRK forums. They're going away. Uh, This announcement came in the form of, we're just getting rid of it, which a lot of people were like, oh man, there is so much history there. Not even just in like modern fighting games, but old fighting games as well. There's like, it's kind of the place to go and dig through if you want to find all of that old information that exists out there. Otherwise, you're just learning from scratch all over again. And the archival information that's out there on things that we use today, like even on Reddit or on Discord, the ability to archive that stuff just really isn't what it was with forums. And I don't know. It's it's a sad day. I mean, for me personally, I... SRK forums is one of the reasons why I kept writing about fighting games uh, back in the 
RSF4 days when I was doing character discussions and really putting in a lot of work with, you know, how do you break down a beta character to post on, on Reddit every week. And I got a lot of my general information on various characters as if like I, I didn't want it just to be my own matchup experience and other people around me, their matchup experience. I wanted it to be the matchup experience that everyone has when facing a character. So I'd dig into it. I would see what people are saying about a character. I'd go confirm that with videos and I, you won't be able to do that anymore. Well, they did have an update, so let's actually dig in. I think what this update says is that they will likely, um, or an alternate, alternative solution. Let's actually take a look. This is new news for me. This wasn't posted on the sub. I might, I might put, will continue. Oh, planted. Okay. Oh, Patreon. Oh boy. That's that. Mm, okay. Now, a lot of people said that they were not willing to finance this with Patreon, but Tom Cannon put out a tweet saying how much it cost them directly to maintain the forums. Uh, and people said, we want, we still want forums. So I think people are willing to you know, put the money up to actually make this a thing. So maybe my fr maybe I don't need to pour one out. I was actually planning by the end of the week, pouring out a 40 for SRK forums once the ground wasn't zero degrees outside. It's dangerous to pour a 40 out in your alley. You gotta walk to your car. Can't have frozen malt liquor all over the alley. It's just dangerous. Safety first, kids. Uh, so that's kind of good news. Um, I will have to remind myself to post this to to the front page <laughs> immediately following uh, <laughs> immediately following this podcast, so you know exactly when it's uh, when I record these. <laughs> anyway, moving on. That's good news. I'm happy. Makes me smile. Uh, Something unrelated to you know, the mainstream of fighting games. Uh, what people are doing. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but this is the Mysterious Mod. They run tournaments over at New Challenger. Uh, and it's it's not a mod. It's a mod that changes the, the properties of moves and characters in the game. But it is not intended to be like how they envisioned the game to be. Uh, it's really just a fun combo game it's it's designed for fun so like it is not balanced there is a lot of broken shit in the mysterious mod uh, I just want to bring it up because that's an option like if maybe you're running out of fun with Street Fighter 5 uh, hit up a uh, new challenger hit up mod fighters uh, and figure out how to get this version of the game running if you're on PC uh, and get into that because they, they had enough people to run a whole tournament. Uh, so if you are watching the video of this po video version of this podcast, or you just want to go check out this, you know what combos are like in this game, uh, follow the links in the description to check that out. Uh, it reminds me a lot of USF4 Remix, except there's no tacos on the side. Although someone told me that they took the tacos out of USF4 Remix. If you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe look that up. But really bum me out. Taco meter's all gone. I know that's kind of a deep cut, but if you can get down with taco meter, we can be friends. Anyway, moving on to the next thread. Uh, oh yeah, last weekend was Co-op Cup. The best tournament of all of the year. Period. Full stop. It's, it is my favorite tournament uh, of the year. It really energizes me moving forward. 
I watch some stuff that goes on at at Co-op Cup. If you don't know what it is, it is a all third strike tournament. It's a team tournament, five v five, taking place over two days. Where first day is like a pre-tournament, which is sometimes more. Ex- in my opinion, I feel like the team tournament in the pre-Co-op Cup is occasionally more exciting than the actual tournament, where people get to choose their own teams and there's like some power teams that really happen, which is the oh man, the Corota team. I can't believe they got... Well, maybe they had someone on their team who was sandbagging, whose name starts with a D, capital D. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But the Pre-Co-op Cup, they do all-team tournaments. So, like, it's a team of all Qs or a team of all Dudleys, team of all Yangs. And that stuff can be a lot of fun, especially especially when the the Makoto team gets knocked out by the Q team (laughs) in... (laughs) in the bracket that shouldn't happen but it can in co-op cup because you have it's it's 5v5 but occasionally they'll do uh just to get through everything when you go down to the losers bracket it'll be like sudden death elimination so you only get to play one on one and it's only one match so and that's how the 5v5 goes you don't play a best of two versus everybody it's just one and done so like tier lists are out the window and it's a beautiful thing uh, friend of the sub, Arliath, was out there doing commentary for them, and I loved a lot of what he did, and a lot of what the other commentary commentators did, which is basically help explain the game as well, because I know that whenever this comes up every year, I am trying to push people towards this to say, watch this game, it is very exciting, because the more you understand about fighting games, the more you understand about this game in particular, it's, it's one of the most expressive and just fun fighting games out there. Uh, and to watch this many people celebrate it. You know, if you come in blind, you can't be like, I, I don't know why they're taunting all the time. That seems rude. But like taunts do something in that game if you've never watched it. But I mean, it's it's something that you catch on and you go, oh, well, does this person's taunt to you? And you learn it and it's fun. It's a fun experience. Highly recommend watching these replays. They're long replays. They're like ten. The full day is like a ten hour, ten hours of, or I think the one is like eleven hours of matches, and then the next day is like ten or twelve hours of ten to eleven hours of matches. Uh, but they've been broken off into uh, playoff A, B, and top eight. So I highly recommend watching all of watch it all it's so good i posted the english streams here but the uh, original japanese is on mm, i should like that as well i should add that after this so remind me to add that afterwards secretary talking to my my phone alexa hey alexa remind me to post this afterwards in the japanese restream thank you very much uh one thing that i will say two things i'll say that were kind of a bummer one thing that adds to two things that are a bummer. So, and this happened a number of times on the English restream, and anyone like anyone else who restreamed this event, like I know Aris did this, and everyone who did it made this the same comment of they would see someone do a sick reaction. They'd see reaction super or an incredible hit confirm. And they go, oh my God, that was an incredible hit confirm. And then immediately afterwards say, can't do that in Street Fighter V. Eight frames, lol. 
maybe a little bit more articulate, but how more articulate can you be with a meme? It happened, it happened so often to where, like, I get it. It's the easy joke. It's fine. Not judging you for the joke, but what I am judging you for is not being able to talk up the players who made the reactions, who actually did the thing, the cool thing in the game that they were looking for and reacted to. Uh, and then the other thing is that why compare the game that new players might be... Street Fighter V, for what it's worth, is bringing in a whole new ream of, of players who may or may not be getting bored with the gameplay of Street Fighter V, or may or may not be looking to get into other fighting games, and they may be coming to Cooperation Cup for the first time. And they might see someone say, oh, they did a meme. Why'd they have to compare a game they hate to the game that they love? That doesn't make much sense. And it's just a bummer. It bums you out. It's just not very good commentary. So that's my one gripe about the event. And I, it's a blank statement to all commentators. I don't know about the Japanese original because I don't know if they did or not. So I can't speak Japanese. I wonder if they have subtitles. Probably read that. Anyway. Stop it. And not because I'm I'm like defending Street Fighter V of like, yeah, six and a half frames is considerable amount of lag. Hopefully they fix it with the Unreal Engine update. Not in AE launch, so I hear. But perhaps in the future, I get it. I want the input lag to be lower. Everybody does. That's fine. I would like Street Fighter V to be a better game. We all do. But like, don't bring it into such a joyous and celebratory event. You just don't have to do it. And it takes away from the players too, because they do these sick reactions, these sick reads, and it's like, man, that dude has been working. So, and is continually working on this game to have some sick reactions and dunk some fools in this 5v5 tournament. It's incredible. Highly recommend watching the entirety of it. Buckle up. It's a long event. There's a lot of Street Fighter. It's a lot of Third Strike. It's so much fun. I promise you, you watch this tournament, you will not be disappointed. Okay. Speaking of not being disappointment, Look at this man's eyes. Those are the eyes of a cold, hard killer. Or someone who hasn't had a cigarette because they banned smoking in the event. Which, if listen, if they allowed smoking in this event, uh, good luck, okay? That's like the toppest of top tier play that you will ever see. But you know, those are the eyes of a man who has not had a cigarette in about three hours. It's actually, I only bring that up because they bring it up like over like loudspeaker in the, in the event saying, there is no smoking in this event. Please, please do not do that. But I'll bring this up. Uh, it is Kuroda, one of my favorite players of all time, uh, taking out a team of killers. Uh, he OCVs them. Uh, and it is, oh. Is so good how he picks apart everybody. He is a lot of people won't like this because they'll see this cue and they'll say he did a lot of crouch blocking, stepping back and you know crouch medium kick crouch short. Like what's, what's that all? Why is that exciting? Uh, until you notice that dude texts every throw when you cannot dash up to this fool, you cannot approach him. He is a wall. He is so solid and he maintain like that kind of play, maintaining that kind of play in such a high damage output game of third strike, like when things can move fast in third strike, you could be dead in second. 
but to slow things down for everybody and just say, throw your pitch at me. Throw your best, just give me your best shot. Throw your fastball. Out of the park, every time. Crowder's the best, he is the best. Uh, watch this highlight. Uh, it's not even a highlight, it's just like Kuroda playing a long set and OCVing this team of actual killers. Uh, and every match is very exciting. Um, oh man, God, I love to, I'm gonna watch this immediately following this because it's, this reminds me, it, it's so exciting. Uh, and Q, if you don't know, one of the worst characters in the game. Kuroda, one of the best players in the game, and it is a, it is a joy to watch. So check that one out in the links below. Okay, moving on. Uh, Evo Japan. So they are setting up a CVS2 tournament. Uh, at the time of this tweet, which was a couple days ago, so they're probably all filled up by now, but you check it out. Uh, they got a lot of killers on this list of CV, CVS2 classics. Um, and I'm glad that they're having this. Uh, hopefully it will be streamed and get some attention. Uh, watch some CVS 2. It's a fun game. Uh, it's a fun game to watch. It's a fun game to play. Uh, and maybe if you don't know much about CVS 2, uh, check out some of the... I was going to say SRK, but no, it's... Uh, even like James Chen had has some great write-ups on CVS 2. Back in like the... I think it was posting on GameFAQs. I think if you do a cursory search of CVS2, James Chen, no, just do CVS2, like, roll canceling, and then see what comes up. It'll probably be a GameFAQs link. Click on that link. Check it out if you're interested on, like, what is a CVS2? Uh, it's a fun game. Um, and I'm glad that it's getting attention uh, in EVO Japan, so that's going to be fun. A lot of top names, killers from the past, what are putting up in the future so this is some good stuff i look forward to i want to see this hopefully that it is streamed and you know they do some due diligence and give it some some nice flair hope it gets some attention all right moving on a big congratulations uh one of my favorite uh young players let's say young but he's not much younger than i am anyway adele big bird uh, got signed by Red Bull, which is super dope. That's such an incredible opportunity for players. Red Bull takes care of their competitors, and this can't really go to a better guy. Uh, so I just want to say big congratulations to Big Bird. And while we are on the topic of Big Bird, or <laughs> we're going to talk about Sesame Street. No, while we're on the topic of people who are getting signed, hired by teams, Verloren uh, got signed by Fursong Esports. Uh, that's great. Verloren is a very strong player. Uh, so congratulations to Verloren as well. Uh, someone who is on this list of... I don't know whether to congratulate him or not, but Knuckledew allowed his contract with Team Liquid to expire. So he is currently a free agent. The verbiage that he used when he announced this on Twitter was that he's not sure if he wants to re-sign with Team Liquid. He may or may not. We don't know yet. I think that the option may still be on the table for him to resign. Maybe he's trying to negotiate deals with other, with other teams. I don't know. Uh, but this was only two days ago, so I imagine that he's in talks with a lot of the bigger teams out there. Man, could you imagine if Red Bull snatched him up? Man, they'd have such a stacked team. Echo Fox, even? That would be a team. He looked good in Echo Fox gear. 
kind of I had a side conversation about this, but uh, I think that that esports in general, esports jerseys, are fucking garbage. Like, and I say that because they don't really like you. Tra they trap all the sweat. It's it's all there on you. And you're focusing. You got the you got the butt sweat. You got all the the swamp ass come riding up on you, and you've got this jersey on that doesn't breathe very well. Uh, why are we doing this to our players? They don't need to look like future future sports poker players. No one had like why is like the poker player route what we went with instead of like a cool thing or something that would make maybe like I don't know. The hockey sweaters. Hockey sweaters are cool. They're fun to wear. I mean, not good for all weather, but like, shit, I'd wear a, I'd wear a Team Echo Fox hockey sweater. I mean, I'd wear an Edmonton Oilers sweater. It's not much different. Uh, same kind of color scheme. Check that out. Or maybe like a, like a rugby jersey. That'd be a cool thing to wear instead of something that traps the stank on you. And then when you try and play and... You want to congratulate your yay? I I have won. My hands are in the air and go. Oh God, this is terrible. Or it just some, doesn't fit well. Like there's some heavy set guys in some really skin tight jerseys that you know maybe they're not comfortable in that. Maybe talk to your players. Get them in a hockey sweater. Hockey sweaters dope. If not, you know maybe a little played out wearing a hockey sweater in like out in public when you're not actually playing hockey, but. Ah, well, anyway, that's just kind of an aside, but look out for who knuckle do teams with and hopefully we can get him uh, in a uh, in a rugby jersey in the near future. Anyway, I want to bring this up getting into tech talk. Uh, now we're talking about top tier players. Let's get into some tech talk. Something that happened was that uh, over this past weekend at KIT 18 shouts to Peachless Penguin. Uh, that's also a side thing. But Wolfcrone versus Smug. Smug had Wolfcrone in the corner. Wolfcrone backdashes in anticipation, I suppose, of Smug's throw attempt. He escapes the throw and then presses a button and Smug is counter hit. But what really is the math on this? Doesn't necessarily make sense to backdash when you're in the corner. And Saberwolf breaks down basically frame by frame and the decision making behind why you would want to backdash in the corner versus the huge risk that it would take if you did backdash in the corner. I've said it before, it can throw off the timing and I get it. It might make sense against, uh, it might make, this might make sense against grapplers because if they're going to try an SPD you in the corner, then you can, you're definitely close enough to do some major damage. You're definitely going to be able to do that in, in AE, but with characters like, if you're just with against Balrog when he's just going to normal throw you, and you backdash, Balrog still maintains the advantage, is most likely, in that scenario. So, in this scenario, the player who is going for a throw, two things I want to bring up. If you're going to throw your opponent and they're in the corner, if you're going to throw your opponent at all, as a grappler, I just have to say this, assume they will escape. Because if you do not, Let's just assume worst case scenario. I mean, or best case scenario is that you throw them. Great. Now you're locked in an animation. Doesn't matter what you do with your hands. You can mash all the buttons you want. 
Doesn't matter. Those inputs don't matter because you're in a throwing animation. Next best scenario, they tech the throw. Oh no. You go into that tech animation. You can still press buttons in that tech animation. It doesn't matter. They're eaten up because you're locked in an animation. Let's see, what else can they do? They can backdash. That'll avoid the throw. You've whiffed your throw. What are you doing with your hands? Are you just sitting there? Because there were two scenarios before where it doesn't matter if you press buttons after the throw. So now they've avoided your throw and you go, I've thrown. You throw your hands back? You just sit and wait to see what happens? No, you should get ready for that stuff. You should normal throw, assume they will escape, and have a button press in mind. It might be crouching jab. That might be the safest option in a lot of cases. Or depending on you know the screen positioning, depends on where they're at, if they can escape, and then you know, with punish your jab with a button of their own. Like sometimes that can happen depending on range, but in the corner specifically, they backdash and you jab, they gotta hold that. Or it can be a raw punish depending on the situation. But, or they jump, right? And if you just crouch jab after your jump, because after they avoid the throw, then there's really no penalty there. There's really no penalty for that. So what I'm trying to say is that just in general for all players out there, if you go for a normal throw attempt, just have like a series of inputs, you know, given the position on screen that you just think about in your head of, you know, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna do these inputs automatically after. For a lot of Zangief players, it's normal throw, Borscht Dynamite, or Lariat, depending. And you just do it. You don't really have to think about it all that much. I mean, you might want to react to it a little bit, depending on whether they backdash or, or neutral jump. You might have to look at that. But even so, it is in your head that they are going to try to escape. Take that to your other character. Take that grappler knowledge to whoever else you got. You want to take that to your Karen play? Go right ahead. Hold that. Uh, and just have a button press in mind of what they might do to escape. Because otherwise, if you throw them or you tech, it doesn't matter what you press. It doesn't matter. All right. A little bit of tech talk, but I just wanted to get that out there. Just throw that out there. If you're looking to improve your game in some way, improve your throw game, which might be necessary. Uh, speaking of improving a throw game, let's go with Alex. This time... Uh, <laughs> I gotta post this MAGA, right? This Make Alex Great Again, because it features Born Free in the intro. Uh, Born Free's been doing a bunch of comedy skits recently uh, at the intro of his videos and just raw comedy skits, which are fun. Uh, and I guess he got in contact with Demon Dan and I don't really know how this one started out. I should probably ask him about that. Uh, but Demon Dan put together this uh, this clip and had Born Free do the intro to it. And it's fun. And I like Alex. I, Alex, hype reels are sick. They're fun to watch. Uh, so check out this video and you know, show some love to Born Free and Demon Dan putting in the work. It's good stuff. All right, moving on. A little bit of fun over to a little bit of sadness. And so for everyone in the UK, this was announced over Twitter from Capcom Germany. It was weird how this worked out. So Capcom Germany, uh, a couple days ago, I want to say it was five days ago, made the announcement of, and it was just a bare announcement of a delayed until the 19th. It's all that was said. A is delayed in the 19th. Just in general. So people responded to that saying, 
do you mean digital version? Is this only for hard copy? What region is this? It didn't even list regions, for example. But they have since clarified. Uh, so let's do it's all of the EU region. The physical copy only is delayed till the 19th. So you cannot buy the disc version, the disc copy of this game in the EU region until the 19th. Digitally, if you already have the game, or you just want to download it on your PS4 or whatever, if you want to get it digitally, you can get it. Day and date with everybody else. But if you want that hard copy, some people do. Hard copy can be important, which we can get into later. Uh, and we're going to get into later. But for some people, that's important. And if you want that, that hard copy, you're going to have to wait a couple days, three days. I don't know how the hours actually work out based on release times uh, for the physical copy in the EU region. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> speaking of owning that disc, maybe it's important if you want to get a copy of AE early, Capcom. Uh, so, uh, four days ago, uh, User going by the name of Junkington made a post. It was it was one of those posts where you know when you see something on Reddit and you go, that's probably not true. Pshaw, and you you dismiss it because it's it's just a silly thing that happened. But he made a post saying, Hey, I just I ordered a copy from Walmart for my nephew or for my son or whatever. I forget the Excel story. I ordered this copy and we loaded it up, regular Street Fighter V, and on the disc was basically the update for AE. So he has basically everything available to him, sans any online capability. He made that post, and everyone was like, yeah, fuck off, mate. Like, I can grab a screenshot from, from like a Capcom presser. I can, I can do this. All right, I can, I can get a clip. Uh, but then he was like, "You motherfuckers didn't believe me. Check this shit out." And he does some like live testing of things, <laughs> and it just someone who happened into the circumstance uh, gets his inbox then blown up by everyone asking him, "Does this work? Does it, what is what it, is this thing in the game? Is this how? It, what are the trials like? What is the training mode like? What is the story like?" Uh, and you can actually, you yourself, can go ask this man. Can, you can go ask Junkington uh, any and all questions. Uh, he may not get back to you because he's just a normal dude, right? <laughs> he's just like, well, I didn't expect this to be thrust upon me, but he happened to open up the golden ticket, and now him and Grandpa are going to the chocolate factory, right? Uh, and he's been actually putting in work. He will respond to you if you ask him a question. Like, he probably works during the day like a normal human being so don't expect someone who just has a bunch of free time you know to you know test everything and maybe not ask for like specific setups you know that require a high level of execution he doesn't seem like that kind of person which is fine because he didn't even buy it for himself uh it, maybe ask him a couple questions he might get back to you i i know i asked him a couple questions he got right back to me because uh, there's been a couple of I don't know if you call this like a leak, but like this dude presented all of this information, uh, which we're going to get into. Uh, and it's been people 
eating it up, eating it up before the 16th. So this is good stuff. And a lot of cool things have been happening. A lot of cool things happened in AE that we can now say, okay, cool. Thumbs up to that. Or no thumbs up, depending on whether or not uh, you want to give the thumbs up. Because guess what? Player T rematch, they now have it. You can, if you are the second player, you can decide whether or not you want to rematch in local playing. Uh, so the days are, are over where you will reach your hand around the monitor and show your opponent that big old thumbs up. Uh, or you could still do it if, you know, it's kind of like your thing. If you want to make that your thing, you can go right ahead and do it. That could be like your thing. But that's only going to be your thing because everybody else hitting that rematch, it'll be a good time. Uh, so we can cross that one off the list <laughs> of community fix requests. What else is happening? He shared all of the demonstrations for the characters that he had available to him. And I say that because, again, I will state he can't go online with this because if he does go online, then it will up... We don't know this, but it will likely update to the latest patch available to everybody, which is the current patch that we're all planning on. So he hasn't connected to the internet yet. He's all... He's off the grid, man. He's off the grid. He doesn't have access to your off the grid character you're on the grid characters my, my dude he doesn't have like he doesn't have any of the dlc basically so so don't ask him questions about like if you want to go look at vanilla cast you can ask him all day about vanilla cast he doesn't, he doesn't have access to any of those other characters but he went ahead and showed everybody uh here you go Here's all of the the trials. So it shows a lot of what characters are capable of. Uh, I will note that there are only four additional trials in as opposed to the 10 trials that we had been getting in volume one and two. Uh, they've reduced it to four trials. Now it's, it's the four trials are more advanced stuff. I think there's going to be like a counter hit combo, uh, max damage combo a, co a crush counter combo and something else showing off your second V trigger I don't know this for sure as just from my memory it's bad but I believe all of the volume 3 trials that are shown here all include the second V trigger so if you want to look at these videos and check out what people's second V triggers are like uh, in Oh, that's not true. I should take that back, because I know for a fact that one of Fong's is not. One of Fong's shows his his regular V-Trigger, his V-Trigger 1, uh, because it's a combo involving his V-Skill. Uh, because when he pops V-Trigger 1, he throws out that V-Skill, it now has a hitbox. That's crazy. It's actually a super good buff for Fong, but we're going to get into that later. Uh, so all these trials are out there. So if you want to find your character, uh, hit him up and check out the videos he even shows the like the the videos for him so like bison's trials is good stuff check that out all right moving on to the next thing that was you know that we had discovered or he had discovered junkington had discovered was that the game now has the frame data presented to you in terms of advantage on hit or block it's not all the frame data, but it will show you in very simple and very stated forms that you have the advantage or the disadvantage. Uh, and that is shown 
Uh, in this video posted by Junkington of, he just chose Laura and he hit some buttons. Uh, you can see him doing the jab there or the medium punch or the stand medium kick and they flash red or blue. If you're blue, you have an advantage. If you're red, you're at a disadvantage. Simple color coordination. Kind of sucks for people who are colorblind. Kind of sucks for people who are deaf. Or, um, not, not deaf, but I don't know why I said that. That's silly. I mean, Street Fighter, uh, never mind. The audio is bad in this game, but that's a whole another story. Anyway, colorblind people, maybe not so much good, but it can it actually lists it there in the, up top of it shows you like the damage if you put in like the the move like the the move data whatever the fuck you want to call it uh you enable that and it shows you how much advantage you have so you can take that in what you can't do is see that you're oh i'm plus three i wonder if my stand light punch is plus three is three frame startup it doesn't tell you any of that and from what i know and what i asked junkington there are no tutorials in in Street Fighter 4 5 Arcade Edition it, that that he could find in any way. So if you're looking for like explanations as to why frame data matters, that is still not in this game. So far as this update that he has on his printed disc, it's actually really silly. You got it. It came in the package of a regular vanilla Street Fighter 5 open it up everything says Street Fighter 5 pops it in gets AE so thank you Walmart uh, but yes it doesn't explain any of that so there's no tutorials you still have to look outside of the game if you have someone asking you hey what is I'm blue so I should I'm positive I can just do whatever right like I don't know there's a little bit of added information that you might have to ask someone uh, you might have to explain it to a friend if they're learning the game but at its face I like this mechanic I think that this is a great boost to the training mode training mode in Street Fighter 5 is pretty good as it is and this is much better this makes things uh, you'll be able to just visually see things and you know link it to that that sweet spot in your brain you tie it to that sweet juicy centers of your brain neural firing synapses and be ready with the punish or know that you're have the advantage or disadvantage after a button because you'll be able to see it and remember that color blue or red well the other thing that <clears throat> there was no there was no video posted of this or no um there wasn't a top level post, but I asked him the question, or no, he, um, Junkington looked into it of what are, he noticed uh, another option in training mode that was, uh, some, remember the words correctly, but it was like load save data, uh, which in my mind, I thought, Ooh, this could be, this could be something real hardy to dig into. Uh, I was thinking perhaps if you had some replays, you could load that data but no, it doesn't seem to be that way. It just seems to be, which is still, it's still a useful feature, but it's, it's not what maybe I'd, we had been suggesting, which might've been a little bit harebrained of wanting to load in. Like if you have a match online, you'd be able to load it into training mode and just have that right away. That's what people thought. That's what I was hoping for. That'd be incredible. That'd be the best training mode feature of any training mode in my opinion well regardless it's not what this does 
Uh, but what it does do is it allows you to save a state. Uh, it saves all this, all of the settings that you've set up, uh, but it even saves the exact moment. So let's say you set up a like an Akali to do a dope setup on you, where he does like an ambiguous dive kick. Uh, you can save it right before he's about to dive kick you. Uh, and once you save it, let it play out, and maybe you got hit. Load that save data with like a hit of a button. You're right back there. Dive kick's coming at you. So maybe you block it this time. Maybe you learn how to block it. But this is a much faster way, or seems to be a much faster way of setting up like those moments of interaction of maybe it was hard to get a setup in a certain way uh, maybe you had like a long combo that you know takes a, maybe you want to work on a specific part of a juggle and not work on everything leading up to that juggle I know this would be useful for Urians who have who can have long and extended juggles that require like kind of a long setup before you actually get to the hard part but maybe you want to only practice the hard part, but you want to practice it as it's going to happen. Load that save state. Get in there. At least that's how he explained it. Uh, the other cool thing is that it... If you save something for that Nikali, then you switch over to Karen. It doesn't have that... So you can still load up different... Or save different Karen data. But when you go back to that Nikali, that information will be there. So... I mean, this makes sense that it doesn't save data per, like, on a global basis. It would only save it for character basis because only certain characters have access to certain moves. That makes sense. Um, and that's a cool feature. So it's cool that they're adding some new features to the training mode. I like that. It helps new players understand and enjoy fighting games. So I'm all in. But it doesn't seem that Junkington was the only person to get an advanced copy. Uh, there was also Jaoism. Jao... Jaoism? Jaoism. Uh, who also ordered a copy from Walmart and received an early copy of AE. Uh, and something that was gleaned from this is a lot of the story mode details. Uh, there's a lot of story mode stuff. Uh, not story, but arcade stuff, I should... I should discern that because there is still story mode is kind of still basically untouched like the main story and like little character stuff that's that's all well and good they've kind of you know, thrown the dirt on top of that six foot six foot deep grave uh, but they're saying look at this arcade mode though check out all this arcade stuffs uh, and he took some pictures and screenshots uh, and there seemed to be 211 possible endings for arcade mode so, you know, if you haven't been following, they're going to have arcade modes for basically a whole history of Street Fighter games. Uh, Street Fighter 1, 2, Alpha, 3, 4, and 5. Just six different types of arcade modes. And within those six different types of arcade modes, you'll fight you know, six sets of characters. Uh, and within those six sets of characters, uh, there seem to be uh, 211 different endings. Uh, and that means you could unlock the different art and see the art does seem actually pretty good. So if you're into doing unlocks, that's just a ton more single player content for a lot of people who come to fighting games. Not 
specifically looking to get into a competitive league, but just want to go have a fun romp around arcade mode. They listened and said, here's all of the arcade mode. It's a, it's a pretty good grip of arcade stuff. There are other games who have done more arcade mode, of course. More stuff for single player, I get it, but this one give them props that they did listen and said, we're calling this arcade mode, because guess what? We got a whole fucking fist load of arcade mode, so take that one. Alright, so that was the the information gained from Jay wasn't copy. I don't know if that dude's been putting in work, uh, but hit up that thread. Uh, again, linked in below, so if you have questions, uh, in the days leading up to the release of AE, which is just five more days from the rec this recording, uh, if you have any questions, hit them up now, and maybe they'll get back to you, or maybe not, but we got those advanced copies out there. Again, not hooked up to the internet, so liable to change, who knows. Uh, but still, if you've if you got that, that itch that you just can't scratch, hit them up. Moving on to more AE news. We're, we're going to be on a slope. To, we are on the, the ride of AE right now. We, we were on the water slide when we started with that advanced copy. We are going down till we make splash here. Uh, Sakura information is out there on the CFN. Uh, they released her health and stun. It's 950 to both. It's not the lowest. It's lower. It's below average. But yeah, what can you do? That makes sense. It's kind of where she's always been. Uh, and it lists her move list. Uh, if you were curious about how to input her moves, uh, if you haven't been following, it's all there for you. They have not released any of her frame data yet, uh, as they have with other characters. But if you just want to get an idea of what she can do, what is possible, um, check out the, her CFN page and just get an idea of what her inputs might look like. Speaking of Capcom announcements, They've released the patch notes, you guys. We figured out how long soon meant. We did it together. Um, and that's fine. It's, I'm not gonna get deep into it in this minute because someone asked a question about this, which we'll dig into it later. But it's, it's all very vague and we've all heard this, I'm sure. If you've been following FTC Twitter, that's fine. Uh, the game has changed. The patch notes is basically what this is. A lot of hitbox, hurtbox changes. We kind of talked about that last week. But something else that happened to be pretty, I think, important in terms of announcements that they made uh, with this patch notes announcements was you got to scroll down for it. I mean, they, it's actually funny. They show off all the, the frame data stuff here that we had already found out a couple days ago. Thanks to jumping to. Uh, but you scroll down and see that fighter ID and home change. You can do that now. If you are not happy with your fighter ID, or the flag that you set for whatever reason. Maybe you didn't choose choose the United States flag because you can't you can't remember what the U.S. flag looks like. That's fine. Uh, it will cost you. It'll cost you ten dollarinos or two hundred thousand fight money, which is the equivalent of two characters. You could do that if you want to change that information. Uh, what I was curious about. I mean, it's cool that they're offering this. It's kind of funny that it is $10, but that lines up with like Xbox Live. You, they charge about the same for name changes. It's probably, they probably have to do something on like the back end where this might actually take a cost. I don't know. I don't claim to understand how video games or the internet works for that matter. Uh, or how money works in general. So just throw out a whole lot of things. I don't understand how they work, but cost 10 bucks 
some people have been saying it's a little bit pricey, but if you want to change your name or fighter ID or, or flag, you have the ability to do so now. Uh, the thing that kind of made me curious was that some people's flags had just changed automatically. I remember seeing posts of that uh, on the sub, people asking that in Discord of, hey, am I, I don't remember setting my flag to this at all. Why did this happen? Uh, which still begs the question, why did it happen? And if it does happen, are they just going to say, okay, pay the dollars and fix it instead of what you used to do, which is right into Capcom support. And those people had had that problem fixed, but the question still remains like, is that a possibility? And if it does happen now, would they just say pay the $10 versus paying a guy who runs the Capcom support to do it for you? I don't know. It was one of those funny things where I'm like, okay, that's cool that they do that. But also, hmm, I'm not implying any like shady deals, like not any kind of, it's not negligence. It's negligence. It's not, if anything, it wouldn't be on purpose. I don't, I don't presuppose anyone's nefarious. But that's just how I live my life. But also they are releasing a grand master rank, which is 5,000 more points above master rank. So if you happen to be one of those players in master rank, uh, hi, um, please post on, on our street fighter more often about you know, character tech, please. I beg of you. Uh, but also set your goals higher because there's a grandmaster rank. Uh, and then they list all of the balance changes, which I'll, I'll bookmark this one to come back to it in a minute. A couple things I want to talk about here. Uh, how am I doing on time? Oh, fuck, this is a long episode. Anyway, the other announcements that are happening. Something really cool, I think, that I hope that they do continuing forward is that there was an announcement today on Capcom Unity that you can play Sakura for uh, from the 16th in between the 16th and the 23rd for free. You just have her available. It's kind of like what they did with Alex where they made him available and then remember they made him available and they took him away. Uh, and if you buy him in that time with either real money or fight money, then you'll gain back all of the fight money that you gained with him. Uh, so that's the same kind of scenario where if you unlock Sakura on the 16th, you can go ahead and play her. If you buy AE on the 16th, raw you'll get access to sakura but you will still have to buy sakura so it's an interesting situation where and i don't know if they've ever said what would happen they definitely don't allude to it here uh and the question has come up and i haven't seen anyone answer it yet but if you gain that experience and you gain fight money with sakura because remember that you can while they did take away the fight money gained from trials, you can still gain fight money by leveling up the character, which you can do through, you know, doing the trials or doing uh, the survival mode. You can still gain fight money by that because it levels up the character. Now, if you do that and you level up the Sakura, they will take that money away from you if you have not purchased Sakura come the 23rd. So you make all this fight money. What would happen if you spend that fight money? And then the 23rd rolls over. And they take it away. Let's say that's like the only fight money that you ever earn in the game. 
and do all that stuff. You level up the Sakura, you gain the fight money, you spend it on whatever you can spend that on. Are you then in debt to Capcom? Are you in the red? Do they keep track of that? Can you go minus? Can you go minus dollars? Fight money dollars? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. It hasn't been answered yet. I'm very, I'm actually very curious. I can't do this myself because I have a copy. I, I could do this by buying a whole new system and buying a whole new game, but I'm, I ain't, I ain't liquid. I ain't liquid like that. Can't have, can't do that. It's not on, my accountant won't let me. Uh, but I would be interested to see uh, what would happen in that scenario. Regardless, that's what's happening. Come 20, from the 16th to 23rd, you have access to Sagra. Everybody does. Uh, and hopefully they do this moving forward. What I would like to see is just a small trial period for everybody, regardless of date and time. Uh, I don't know if that's possible to do, uh, depending on how their, again, how their servers are set up. But, you know, if you just unlock this at any point to say you have 24 hour period to play as Sakura, just so you can get that, that taste. Because this is the little taste that people were asking, because there's really... If the character isn't unlocked yet, you don't have any ability to go into their trials, you can't select them in training mode, you can't do anything with them at all. So you, in the game, you have no information on what a Sakura can do. All of the information, you'll have to go to sources like Vesper Arcade. Uh, who's the next topic? Uh, he posted a breakdown of a whole bunch of Sakura stuff uh, from the WSO stream. Uh, Breaks down what her normals are like, uh, what can her cancels are like, what her combos can look like, kind of the properties of those normals and, and specials. Uh, so just a basic breakdown of what she can do uh, within 10 minute chunk. So if you are listening to this after the 23rd and you didn't get that chance to te test out Sakura, maybe go check out Vesper Arcade's video. And go give Vesper a follow. He does a lot of dude puts in work he has a whole team of people putting in work for him and he is prolific in terms of getting the information out there i would say in terms of specifically in terms of street fighter 5 uh, so if you want that street fighter 5 news check that dude out okay moving on to the next segment that covers all of the topics this week in just under an hour fuck not gonna really get to dig into everything as much as i could but let's buckle up folks take a, take a little drink break for me Okay, so questions. Had some people write in some questions, or at least post some questions on our Street Fighter. Uh, the first one that came up was from Arma, which is, hadn't really played Third Strike a lot, but saw a lot of reactions in Third Strike. Talked about that earlier. Uh, is it possible to confirm off of a single hit? And if so, how? Uh, and the answer to that is, Yes, um, there is a limit to human reaction time. Uh, like bad, like bad normal reaction time, if you're not looking for it, is like 16 to 18 frames. If we're talking about, I've done like the research of seconds to frames. So you just gotta trust me that it's about like 16 to 18 frames. If you're not looking for it, you can just react to it. But in this situation, when you're the one pressing the button, you are looking for that confirm. You are looking for change in the health bar. You're looking for the change in the meter. You're looking for the change in the stun. 
one of them. Your eyes are locked. You're focused in. You've had your cigarette. You've had your American Spirits or Lucky Strikes, depending on what year it is. You've hit your button. You are locked in. So, like, at that point, you can react to things in basically 11-ish frames. And the window to do so is is there in this game. And not only is the window there to do it, but the, again, the input latency is there. Because these games are played basically hardwired from the board to the CRT. And the CRT has a much faster display than any uh, flat screen that we have really today. It's, you see that CRT? Don't touch the back end. You might get you might get shocked. Be careful with CRTs. Make sure you have discharge if you're trying to move one, but that's another story. Uh, careful with your CRTs. They're running out. Uh, but anyway, see that CRT? is right there so like the, it is basically two if not sub two frames in terms of when you press the button it happens so you press your button the two ish frames later your move comes out you are looking at it with your eyeballs you are seeing whether or not they are hit you are buffering the motion already of yeah will this hit or not and all you need to do you've already buffered the super you've done your crouching medium kick you've buffered the super you are there. You just need to press one more button. And that like 11 frame window? Very possible. Very possible in third strike. Uh, especially if you look into... And I actually... This was something that I have included in the topic of... Uh, of learning the game. I've included this something... I wrote in about this on the latest edition of Geese Gym. Because I really hadn't dug into, you know, hit confirms in terms of... Well, I dug into hit confirms, but really, like, single hit confirms, like, when you are focused on a thing, how to do it. Uh, and how to improve your hit confirming in general. Because uh, there are ways to just generally overarching improve your hit confirms. Because if you look at professional baseball players, right, that pitch is coming at them so fast, they are trained to hit that pitch, right? That's not a normal reaction time. That is a trained reaction time. That's professional level reaction time. But you can do that too. You can. There are things you can do with reaction training. Uh, is do a cursory search for. I won't get into everything that's written in the book. Uh, I don't have time for it in this podcast. But do a cursory search for just how to improve reaction times and maybe do some of those things it's things that you can do in your regular day when you are not playing fighting games that can help you improve your reaction speeds so if you think you see this stuff and it seems inhuman and you think there's no way they're confirming things there's no way they're reacting to chun li's back hard punch with a super that's unheard of nay i say these people have put in the work to improve their reactions to that level they can see it with their eyeballs they're buffering the motion already, and they can do it. And you can too. That's the other thing, is that with enough effort and practice, you too can have these kinds of reactions. I think in the future of Street Fighter V, we're going to get there. They're, they haven't applied the Unreal Engine patch, which is supposed to drop the input another two frames. So we go from 6.5 to about like 5.5, which is better. There will be on online latency, of course, as well. But five and a half frames is much better. Uh, and they are doing some things to the normals, which are making them easier to whiff punish, it seems. 
uh, adding recovery to much longer attacks, changing hurt boxes, which I assume means making them longer or staying out longer, which is magnifique in my opinion, uh, making that easier. So if this is something that you want to improve on as a player, you can do this. Uh, you can do some some practice either in game to set this up uh, to improve your action speed, but you can with punish. You can have one hit reactions. Confirms into super. You can do this. Moving on to the next question. Was sent in by John Dilworth on Twitter, actually. Is how do I think the tier list is going to shake up? In so many words. Uh, and I, I definitely think it's going to be shook up, right? Ryu's going to improve. They gave him some buffs, right? Uh, I'm interested to see how like you can get some more utility as V-Trigger 2. We'll see how that one goes. But in general, made him a little bit better. They gave him a donkey kick. So I don't know where that will shake out. He'll probably be mid-tier. It's like my very safe bet is like middle of the road, which is still really good in Street Fighter V. Uh, Ken... A little bit of weird nerfs. He'll probably drop down. Uh, him not having throw loops it definitely affects his game, in my opinion. Like, take that away from him, and then it's like all single hit confirms, but it's no matter. Chun got some buffs, so she'll not be at her prime of doing instant air legs and being plus, but she'll do IA legs and be plus four now on hit, which is super good. Uh, and they changed a lot of hitbox and hurt boxes for her i think her back hard kick is going to be a devastating anti-air it, it is already uh so do not try and jump at her you will get aa uh and i don't think that the v trigger uh nerf the general v trigger nerf of people your character when you cancel into v trigger it does two hits of scaling which drops it the next hit by like 20 percent effectively you look into the, or depending look at the math uh Chun Li, when she does her punish combos, typically she wants to pop V trigger beforehand so she can get a big juggle on the come down. Uh, that's where she gets a ton of damage, and I think that that is going to be seen in the next version of the game. Cammy got some weird nerfs, uh, which I don't necessarily think uh, were that great or, you know, maybe necessary. Uh, so I think she'll drop down the list a little bit. Nash, I think, is going to come up the list a little bit. Maybe not where he was in Season 1. Uh, definitely some changes to his V-meter that are interesting. I like his V-trigger too. I want to see where that goes. That looks like some cool shit can happen. So looking forward to that. Uh, also, throw loops being, for the most part, taken out of the game. Uh, definitely benefits Nash because his wake-up is very weak. Uh, so that's super helpful for him in general. Uh, it allows him to set the set the game up back to neutral, which is where he excels in a lot of cases. His anti-air has been buffed. I think jump-ins have been nerfed across the board. So just in general, I think he's going to come up the tier list, but we'll see how that shakes out. M. Bison, check the check the Twitch, <laughs> Twitch clips. There's some hot shit of Bison doing some mad damage. Uh, I don't know if I just have like third strike on the brain, but it looked like Bison had some like Oro-esque combos with like he's got that that slow moving sphere out there. He's popping you up in the air and then coming down with a head stomp. It's I I know it's not, but I had it on the brain. Uh, he's got some sick combos. He's gonna be a very offensive based, and I think that the nerf to jump ins will help his game. But we'll see how that shakes out. Vega in general is gonna come up the tier list a little bit. 
Probably not by much though. I, I just can't. I, I, I cannot make that bet of whether or not Vega is gonna come up tier list. These buffs look good. Uh, Arliath was saying a couple weeks ago when we kind of figured that his hard punch, hard punch uh, would be cancelable from the second hard punch. And that could lead to some interesting confirms, I think, where that alone could be confirmed into stance change. Uh, whether or not he's going to have the advantage in that situation, I don't actually know. Uh, so we're going to look into the math after the release uh, with AE. So that could be some really interesting offensive power from Vega coming up. I don't know. We'll see. Dawson, I think, is an interesting one. I think he's going to move up. The thing in particular that is blowing my mind that I haven't really seen a lot of people talk about, but jumping medium punch, which is the one that comes out and across, it's that very good space covering normal, uh, cancelable into V skill on hit. And what's that going to lead to? What kind of situations is Dawson going to get into where he's coming down from a jump, hitting you with a medium punch, and then canceling to V skill? Get that meter gain. That meter gain important too. I don't know. That's just my mind is like racing from situations where that could be useful anyway Zangief I have heard everybody all the Zangiefs I know keep saying oh shucks my Zangief my Zangief's broken you broke my Zangief oh shucks and I, th I can't help but think like yes he did get some nerfs but I think across the board if you think about the nerfs that everybody else is getting like for example, across the board, no one really has effectively has a throw loop anymore. Cool. That helps Zangief, actually. Like, if he doesn't have to worry about being thrown, fine. That opens up V-Skill. Pop it. Let it happen. Let it rip. Or just defensively, that helps him out in general. Because uh, when you grab a Zangief and you try to follow up with a normal, like, you'll... If you did have a throw loop, you'll probably be in SPD range. So, like, there's now that defensive, you know, mindfuck of, you know, what are you going to go for? You going to go for a meaty now? It makes sense to go for a meaty. Probably a light meaty because you expect them to flex. But don't get much damage out of that. Zangief has high health. I don't know. Just in, in my opinion, I think that general nerf buffs Zangief a lot. Especially considering that... If he hits you with an SPD, he still has that loop. Hard punch, EX SPD, dash up, plus two, you're gonna throw a loop again. Oh, but they nerfed the recovery on his SPD by eight frames. So fucking what? If you're a Zangief player and you commit to an SPD, you've already committed to that SPD. You either gamble that damage or expect to be hit. It's just gonna allow worse players to do better damage, basically. And it actually, it does this other mindfuck thing of putting it in players' heads of it's actually more beneficial for me to jump backwards because I don't want to be crush countered. I don't want to risk being crush countered because if I jump backwards, I can still punish because he's still in recovery. That's great. Jump back. I had a Borscht Dynamo. I read for you, son. Hold that. And also, speaking about Borscht Dynamite, have you checked out his V-Trigger 2? I'm so interested in his second V-Trigger. And I think that, that might, it'll probably be my go-to V-Trigger for 
matchups that aren't Shoto or ones where projectiles are like a huge problem. I say specifically Shoto's because V-Trigger 1 just eats a Shoto Sudoken for free because the hurt box moved forward so fucking far. Uh, but Zangief, you see someone jump at all, or even in the anticipation of a jump. Let's say you you come up on your, you SPD him, you dash up, you do a crouching light kick. You wait for the crouching light, light kick to recover, pop V-Trigger. How many frames is it? I'm curious. They haven't released any of that information, but like, let's say it's like one frame, two frames. Let's say it's short. Hopefully, because it looks like it's short. You pop the V-Trigger. Oh, you saw that they jumped. You already, like, because they're already in the air. Let's grab them. Borscht Dynamite. It's already there. It'll be so much easier to pop it and react. Or let's say someone jumps in already. Your hands are just already floating on V-Trigger. Pop it. They're held up in the air until you recover. Boom. Set it up. And then after Borscht Dynamite, guess what? Dash up your plus two frames again. And you're in V-Trigger. So guess what? They're going to have to have that double mindfuck of, oh shit, EXSPD does like 33% damage. 33% of your health. Plus 400 fucking stun. 400. That's so much stun and damage. That's... I love it because I love I love that gamble. I don't gamble in real life. I love gambling in this game. I gamble a little bit in real life, but I, this is where I get my fix. I'm gonna roll those dice and the match is gonna end or not. That's all that really matters to me. I don't necessarily care if they increase the recovery. Doesn't matter to me. Don't really care. And they buffed jazz hands, which is great. It comes out faster and recovers faster. And they change the input so you don't accidentally jazz hands when you're not supposed to. Awesome. That helps the matchups where jazz hands is useful. I think that's awesome. They nerfed his knee. Fine. They didn't nerf any of the like three frames. It's just on the recovery end of it. But they didn't change any of the frame data in terms of hit or block. So who gives a fuck? Everybody else got nerfs like that. That's fine. They nerfed his crouching light bunch. But they also gave it more damage. Like, that's just gonna change your hit confirms a little bit. Deal with it. Can't cancel crouching light kick anymore. Fine. Deal with it. Like, there are things that you can do. Guess what? Everybody's far-reaching normals. And I think across the board, everybody in this game now, far-reaching normals, extra hurt box, extra frames on recovery. Zankief's stale light kick into Lariat? will clip you. I promise you. It's an automatic footsie tool. You just do it. Boom. You have your knockdown foot. It's easy mode. That's his green. Lariat is his green hand in this game. I promise you that. It's do not sleep on Zangief. I do not think he's going to be as top tier as he was in season two. Fine. I'll, I'll hold that. I'm not going to go buck wild and say he's at the toppest of top tier. That's not true. But like, your boy ain't doing that bad. Buck up. Learn some matchups. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season three. Trust me on that. All right, Karen. Uh, she's got some nerfs. Uh, her normals that she'll typically throw out and her throw loops being taken out. That's kind of significant in my opinion. Uh, standing hard punch causing the airborne crush counter takes away some damage options. It's interesting stuff. Armika. I like Armika. I think she's getting some very interesting buffs that cause like. Some fun can happen. I like that 
that uh, the Lady Mika, the, the pop shove it, is getting, can be special cancelable. That's going to lead to some fun situations, I'm sure of it. And cancelable into V-Skill, by the way. Extra fun. She'll still have her, have her throw loops from, from Brimstone. And her Typhoon's going to deal more damage. It already dealt a bunch of damage, but it's dealing more damage. So that's fun. I don't know. That's cool. Birdie. Birdie looks like he took some hits. Um, I don't know if they looked at Mena and said, oh, no, no, no. This, this cannot do. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see how that shakes up. I don't think he'll drop down that far. I mean, he was already pretty mid-tier. He'll probably stick around mid-tier, depending on how the rest of the nerfs and buffs shake out. I don't think he'll move much. I don't think he's dead. He's not a dead character. Nikali, again, he was pretty pretty high tier in the last version of the game. I think he's going to stay there. There's nothing really here that you know, speaks out to me that is like, oh, they broke into Kali. No, I think he's fine. Rashid, why the fuck they buff this this man? Rashid is already so good. And they're giving this man some more mix-up potential. They're giving him more buffs. Or like nerfs that don't hit him very hard. I mean, like, I'm fine with that. Like, I like things being buck wild. And I think that Capcom fucking strapped in for season three. So he's definitely going to be up there. And also Laura. Like that nerf to standing medium kick, five to seven frames, that shit ain't nothing compared to what she will do to you in V-Trigger. They buffed her V-Trigger like as if they wanted to see more mix-ups and more guesses at Laura. You guess wrong one, one, two times against Laura, which she can happen, that she can make happen. Thunderclap into V-Skill into a mix-up. Guess what? It could be game over. And there's, she has more mix-up opportunities now, which is where Laura excelled in the first place. So, oof, man, I, I would like to see the board meeting where that, I mean, there are two main reasons why, and maybe Born Free can tell you what they are, but uh, anyway, yeah, they buffed her, and that's fucking crazy. Fong got some really good buffs. I am interested in Fong. Uh, I like Fong in previous games, I, in the previous versions. Like, very clearly low-tier character. He lacked a lot of options that other characters had available to them. Uh, I I would like to see where they put his hitboxes and hurtboxes. I wonder... It makes me wonder, right, about his immediate jab combos, which are still necessary. Uh, they're not. It doesn't look like they're giving him any more combo potential in terms of hit confirms that he has already had, which sucks. But at the same time... If they're nerfing jump-ins, they're trying to make the game more neutral-based, maybe his long-range medium buttons will be useful again. Maybe we won't have to take such risks. Uh, he's getting more damage on his Sotojas, that's great. Uh, Ryubenda, more uh, reduce the recovery, which is great. That's the, the poison pot. That's good news. Uh, and the one thing that I think is a major fix, they made his V-Trigger actually useful. Like. Pop that V-Trigger and now your V-Skill has a hitbox. Fan-fucking-tastic. It moves so slow. Like, it, before, you didn't have to worry about it. Yes, you take poison. Who cares? Because the next time you touch him, doesn't matter. It has so much recovery. So it's like, there was almost no reason for him to actually throw it. Aside from, like, the mental aspect of it. But now, pops that V-Trigger, you gotta hold that. You gotta hold that V-Skill now. Because it can hit you and cause hits done. Next up, 
Alex, finally, buffing Alex. Uh, happy to see these changes. I liked Alex in the previous game because of his buckwild burst damage, as you can see from the Make Alex Great Again post I talked about earlier in the show. Uh, they made some smart changes here. They gave him more damage on his power bomb. I love that. Fantastic. I love that decision. And more stun. Great. Or no, they decreased the stun, but increased the damage. Great. Already deals enough burst damage. Fine with that. Uh, nerfed his overhead. That's kind of weird. And might have nerfed his his dive kick. Not entirely sure. Uh, buffing his lariat. Buffing his stand medium punch. I love it. Crouching hard punch looks like it'll probably be a more reliable anti-air in season three. That's fantastic because it's already... It, it is the anti-air that he should have. And it should work from all ranges, but currently it doesn't. It has a really bad hurtbox, but if you can get a juggle combo off of that into the knees, gets that knockdown into an Oki setup, time to guess. Fantastic. Air knee smash, much better now. I like it. Very smart. Guile, I don't think it'll change much. I think it'll still be very high tier, um, but they didn't change enough for me to really you know, think much on it. Guile will be fine. Ibuki. Ooh, Ibuki. Why are you gonna do this to you, girl? Like, I know you're pretty top tier and people didn't like guessing, but I guess people were very vocal about Ibuki being so strong because they, they bloodied this girl up. This is, this is harsh. I, I don't see anything here that I like. The, the health being dropped down, the ability to juggle off bombs being taken away. Like, they took away a lot of juggle points, man. It's, it's some rough changes. It's, I'm going to say it's rough changes, but then I will say don't let that discourage you from figuring new stuff out because I'm sure in the next version of the game, there's going to be tons of you know, just general across the board changes that no one expected where she will excel. I think she's, she might be fine, but just looking at the numbers and the general vague hitbox, hurtbox information, I, I can in good conscience say that she's going to be okay. Like, if I were a doctor and a patient came in from a horrible, horrible accident and the mother, it's her baby, it's her baby boy, baby girl, is in, is in the OR, I, I can't rightfully say it to that, to that mother that your kid's going to make it. I can't in good conscience give you that false hope. And that's what I'm saying to you, Ibuki Mains. I can't give you that false hope. But I'm not saying don't try. Not saying don't try. Because I love to see that heart. Anyway, Balrog. He also got hit by a lot of nerfs that I don't necessarily think. I kind of think Balrog's all that terrible. I just generally come from. And I don't even mean Balrog. I ain't, I ain't even a sandbagging son of a bitch. I get bopped by Balrog sometimes. I got bopped by a very strong Balrog. Ross, if you remember him. But at the same time, Ross would tell me exactly how to beat the Balrog stuff. And it seemed pretty reasonable ways to beat it you just had to know the tech to do it uh and so balrog getting some nerfs is like i get it people were vocal about it and they hit this boy hard and which is crazy tap being minus two all the time like fine uh, all right he'll still deal some damage like not nearly as much damage I don't know. I think it's kind of nuts. I think it's kind of crazy. They're taking away the scaling off of V-Trigger that 
so he's probably going to likely go for more standing resets on you. I don't know. It's rough. It's some rough changes. Uh, Jerry got some interesting buffs. I don't know if it's enough to necessarily bring her up in the tier list. Urian, it's just like all hmm, things are not turning up Urian either, which is interesting because I still think that Urian, his, his ability to end a match have only decreased by basically the amount of damage that a that he would get off of a crush counter into crouching hard punch because he can't do that anymore they're taking that away uh rough he has to come up with new mix-ups off of a stand hard punch crush counter but i don't think a stand hard punch crush counter is going to be the, the access of his game i think you'll be seeing a lot more mobility with dashes probably uh, a little bit more metallic sphere juggles uh, we'll see how his standing medium punch and crouching medium punch shake out in the neutral uh, he'll play a little bit different but I don't think it'll be a whole lot enough to really drop him all that much because Aegis still Aegis if there's an Aegis over top of you and he's he's hopping and he's switching sides good luck he's still got some mix ups he's still going to have some mix ups I look forward to seeing what Nemo does with Yuri in, in Season 3. Let's put it that way. Akuma? Akuma's fine. If you play Akuma, don't worry about it. He got a couple of nerfs here and there, but he's fine. Don't worry about it, folks. He's fine. Colin? Colleen, interesting buffs and nerfs. Uh, like, nerfing her V-Skill and making it not really a move you'd want to throw out in general. There's a lot less benefit to it is strange to me but again we'll see how that shakes out with the way that they've changed hitboxes and hurtboxes for heavy normals in season three because it seems like they're nerfing a lot of i've said this earlier looks like they're across the board nerfing a lot of recovery and a lot of the way the hurtboxes and hitboxes work on heavy standing normals uh so we'll see how our v skill ends up working out. I don't think it's going to be as useful as it was. Just like you can't combo off of it now on normal hit. I I just don't know. Uh, but they gave her a lot of buffs to her vanity steps, so maybe we'll see a lot more mobility. Tough to say at this point. Uh, but other than that, I think she's still fine. I think she's going to do great. Uh, her counters, they're, all, they're buffing all that. It's good stuff. Uh, Ed, I think you're going to see move up the tier list because uh, it looks like they're going to be fixing a lot of the combo inconsistencies that people have run into with Ed which I think were intentional because of how easy it was to do his combos but now he just has easy combos that you can just do now from anywhere so congratulations good stuff uh, that's good news for Ed players uh, I think that he's gonna have some he's definitely gonna rocket I I think he's gonna rocket up the tier list I think that's how how much better this will make him because if you don't have to worry about whether or not your combo is gonna hit or not like I think Ed's doing all right they are nerfing his back dash slightly but only in ways that Ed and Colleen had benefited from so like because of where they moved so early on in the in the frames of their backdash taking that away that's fine it'll be fine 
it's going to be good. Trust me on that. Abigail, more buffs. If you didn't know how to deal with Abigail, good luck in Season 3. You'll learn that matchup. You're going to see a lot of buckwild shit. Uh, I think a lot of Zangi players are switching over to Abigail because it's basically all buffs. Uh, Minot and Zeku didn't get a whole lot of changes, and so I think they'll be fine. They're mostly designed with Season 3 in mind, I believe. And like you would see that in a lot of the frame data, in that if, if a certain move whiffed, it would have extra frames of recovery which they then applied that across the board to a uh, majority of characters of cast in season three. So they're not getting any notable changes here. Uh, but hey, that is basically the whole rundown. That's a very brief rundown, not digging into a whole lot there of where things, it's just my general opinion of where things will shake out. And got to move on to the final segment, which is FGC history, folks. We get into a match that... Uh, that comes now. I was thinking maybe doing some some third strike match here, but you know we've been a little third strike heavy on this episode, and we're going. And I was like, well, Big Bird, you know, congratulations to Big Bird. You know, he got signed by Red Bull. That's great news. Let's go look back when he was in Falcon Arena uh, in Dubai. One of my favorite matches of his, Games 15, uh, where he fought against Infiltration in Grand Finals. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, this was when he was much younger. Like, I think in this video, he, he might be 15 in this video. Young dude. Uh, but still, very strong player. Uh, and I maintain that UAE commentary is some of the most excitable and best commentary that there is. Like, bar none. If you want to see some dudes get hype over anything and everything, it is there's a cadence to it that... I happen to find rather enjoyable. Uh, and this is a match between uh, Big Bird and Infiltration. Uh, I, mm, and I, I was looking for this video before this show, and I was like, well, I know the whole thing exists. It's out there. But the channel that originally hosted the, the repost of this tournament is no longer a YouTube channel anymore. So I don't know if this match exists in its entirety. So I bring this match up for two reasons. One, it shows Big Bird showing off not just his incredible guy, which like him and Mark Teddy, like two of the notable guys in Street Fighter 4 era, Bushin style. Uh, three, not only does he play guy and beat infiltration, he also plays Rolento he also plays Poison. He does well with those characters. Uh, and also you see Infiltration do some switching up. He plays Ryu and then goes, oh, hold up. I got to switch back to my Chun-Li because this just got serious. I just got bopped by Big Bird, by a dude named Big Bird. Uh, and it's an exciting match. But the original does not exist anymore that I could find. So if you happen to know where this exists or know someone who runs the channel who used to run the stream what games 15 was on because i couldn't find it uh maybe help me out look for it search for it uh because the entire set is very exciting uh it goes down to last game last round uh not gonna spoil how it ends up but i just want to say congratulations to big bird for being signed by red bull you deserve it son way to go also maybe check out his ama his ama on our street fighter is fantastic very humble very smart uh and very motivated dude and to see him a couple years ago go from that to where he is today just want a little congratulations to him 
you know, boost your ego because you deserve it, son. Way to go. Uh, and that will do it for the show. I have gone on for way too long. Oh, fuck. This episode is over an hour of me just talking to a microphone. Uh, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, I'll try and do better next time and, you know, shorten, shorten the length here. Oh, fuck. It's not. Oh, I read this wrong. It's like an hour and a half. Uh, I'm sorry, folks. We're going to end it. Anyway, folks, this has been another episode of RSF Radio, the show where we talk about what goes on during the week on our Street Fighter. I'm your host, Joe Monday. You can find me at Joe... You can find me at Super Joe Monday on Twitter or user Joe underscore Monday on the subreddit. Anyway, folks, I just want to say one more plug for Geese Jam. Season 3, Edition 3, 3rd Edition. It's coming out sometime... I think within a week of it will come soon after the release of a just the way that self-publishing works. I'm kind of limited by you know, the information that I got to test everything right after a so it will at least come out earliest on the 17th. If not, I will say a week after that. So look forward to that. If you want some use gym information, I had to. It is a significant increase from third edition from the second edition to the third edition. So I am very proud of this and looking forward to hitting the publish button on that. But that will do it for another edition of RSF Radio. Take care, folks. Until next week. Take care.